0: Al Jazeera podcast. Has Israel achieved its objectives by launching wars on Gaza? For decades, it has bombed the Strip and laid siege to Palestinians there. Now it's carrying out yet another war on a scale never seen before. But will this one serve Israel's purposes? I'm Tom McRae and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyse and help define major global stories. OK, let's bring in our guests now. In Tel Aviv is Michael Harari, policy fellow at the Midfim Institute, a political think tank. He is also the former Israeli ambassador to Cyprus and the former councillor for political affairs at the Embassy of Israel in the United Kingdom. In Cairo is Sarah Kerr, founder and director of European North African Centre of Research. And in London is Shashank Joshi, the defence editor with The Economist. Thank you all very much for being uh, with us here on Inside Story, Michael. If I could please begin with you, Israel's stated goal is to wipe out Hamas as both a militant group and a political force inside Gaza. How realistic is that from, is, from an Israeli point of view?
1: Well, it's going to be quite difficult, very difficult. I mean, actually, but I think it becomes clear now, now after October seventh, that this is. Uh, uh, what should be done, let's say. I think it becomes clear in Israel for all Israelis because previous to that, I mean, we had different kinds of views or different kinds of perceptions that we may be able to deter Hamas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think it, be, it it is quite clear for the international and regional arena, to be honest. I mean, it's quite impressive, the support uh, for the Israeli, let's say, operation right now, not, uh, uh, I mean, we should not confuse ourselves, let's say, between the support of not enabling Hamas any achievement, not enabling Iran any achievement, and of course, the deep concern about the humanitarian situation. So I I think it is going to be very difficult, absolutely, Mm. but uh, but, uh, it's quite realistic, to be honest.
0: Okay. Sarah, do you think that at this point in time that Israel has a long-term plan when it comes to an extended war?
2: Well, uh, I don't think Israel can uh, take on a very long war. Uh, especially that it's, um, it's losing its diplomatic ties. It's losing its normalization steps. It's losing decades of soft diplomacy and integration in the region. Today, with this hostile act, Israel is making everything difficult for itself, not for anyone else. It's not realistic at all because the country... Israel as a state in this region cannot practice this um, this kind of practices, especially that it's trying to be integrated. It's trying to win over neighbors. So it, it doesn't look realistic to lose decades of diplomacy, doesn't it?
0: Mm -hmm. Shashank do you think that Israel has potentially backed itself into a bit of a corner here by saying so early on after October the 7th that it was going to decimate Hamas with a huge ground invasion was going to completely overwhelm it do you think that now it could be potentially perceived as being weak if it doesn't follow through on those threats that it made so early on here
3: Yes, I should say Israel never committed to a full scale ground invasion, but it did commit to the destruction of Hamas. And I think that that is a risk that it finds itself unable to do so in a reasonable time frame. And it is worth remembering here that almost every previous ground invasion of Gaza has been roughly in the region of two weeks. We're now seeing Israeli officials talk about a war that may last for a few months. But if you think about the extent of Hamas's network inside Gaza, the fact that they have been running Gaza formally for 16 years, but of course their influence inside the Strip goes back a long way before that, uh, this is going to be an exceptionally difficult military job. And unless they can buy themselves the diplomatic space to conduct military operations in Gaza, probably for years to come, I think it's, it's not going to be realistic that they can completely eliminate Hamas's military and political presence, and therefore you will be back to some kind of situation in which they will be containing and managing Hamas's presence rather than having destroyed it altogether at the end.
0: Mm. Michael, what's your response to that? Is, is there an appetite uh, for war, for, for a full invasion? Is there a thirst for revenge within Israel? And do you think that that is clouding any judgment uh, in terms of the the consequences of having a long, drawn-out war? Uh,
1: I I fully understand, of course, these uh, question marks. I mean, I share uh, most of them, if not all of them. What I'm saying is that this is a different situation. This is not as the round of uh, violence that we had in the last few few years, every year or, or, or two years, let's say. This is a different situation i think it's this is why i, I emphasize that uh, nowadays it, it it is very clear to israel that this is what it what it has to do now it's going to be not a i mean a long process but i i don't think it's going to, to take let's say months or years i mean i i don't i don't let's say accept any given statement by whoever let's say yes it is correct as sarah said that diplomatically israel needs to keep its room to maneuver up to now almost a month after, let's say, the the barbaric uh, attacks by Hamas. To be honest, I am still impressed by the, uh, let's say, support, strategic support of the region itself as well, with a lot of tension, a lot of pressure domestically in each Arab country, let's say, and of course, public opinion, let's say, in the region and out of the region, uh, a concern of the humanitarian situation. But yeah. there is a clear understanding again for a necessity to topple el- Hamas. Now, will it? Will we succeed? I think it's realistic, but I'm not sure we will succeed. No, I cannot. I cannot guarantee a, a, a success. Mm. But it is a common, it is a common, I would say, goal for too many actors, in the region and out of the region.
0: Okay, I just want to bring in uh, a a little bit more on this when we talk about the ground invasion, because uh, before Israeli troops entered Gaza, I spoke with David Petraeus, a former director of the US Central Intelligence Agency, about the risks that come with a ground invasion. Here's what he had to say about that.
4: What would be an extraordinarily challenging scenario? It's hard to appreciate, in fact, how difficult this would be. We've described it as fiendishly difficult. Uh, urban combat is always challenging, but when you add the presence of over 200 Israeli hostages, uh, you add in a an enemy who's willing to kill himself to take uh, Israelis with them, uh, a movement that, as you know, is founded on the idea of destroying Israel and killing Jews, as we saw uh, Saturday over a week ago uh, with the horrific murder, uh, barbaric actions <clears throat> of uh, over 1,300 Israelis. Uh, This would be a very, very challenging mission. Keep in mind that it took the Iraqi security forces nine months uh, to clear a similar uh, city, Mosul, uh, of the Islamic State, other terrorist uh, elements, obviously extremists, with support of the U.S. The Israelis are much better. They have a lot more capability.
0: Well, that's uh, clearly someone who knows a lot about ground invasions having been involved in the US uh, invasions of Iraq and Afghanistan. Shishang, militarily, how difficult is this going to be for the Israeli troops to to try and take northern Gaza with the extensive tunnel network that Hamas has got there?
3: Well, the answer is very difficult. And just to give you a sense of why, let's reflect on the fact that in 2014, during Operation Protective Edge, the last major Israel-Gaza conflict. The IDF, as I understand it, took out about 32 kilometers of Hamas tunnels. As I understand it, there's about 1300 kilometers of those tunnels across Gaza. So that gives you uh, an indication of how difficult that is. We can also compare this to other comparable urban conflicts. And if you look at the coalition effort to try to remove Islamic State from Mosul back in 2016, 2017, that was a nine-month campaign uh, on the ground preceded by uh, many months prior to that of airstrikes that still uh, incurred, uh, it cost very heavy civilian casualties, and it was conducted using a ground force of Iraqi units um, who were able to benefit from Western intelligence and Western drones and Western air power. This is going to be a different kind of campaign. It's going to be a different campaign um, because the IDF will have to do it itself. The IDF is a conscript army, of course, a large number of those who've been mobilized are not regular professionals. And it will have to do this on an accelerated timetable, much more quickly than the coalition was able to do in Mosul. So uh, all in all, um, this is going to be difficult, even in relation to all of these extremely difficult urban campaigns of Fallujah, Ramadi, Mosul, and many Mm. others. Even by those standards, it will be difficult.
0: Sarah, We've all seen the the civilian cost already in in the in the weeks since October the seventh. That is clearly only going to become worse once a full ground invasion is underway, isn't it?
2: Full ground invasion is totally a breach to humanity. That that's how exactly we see it. First of all, we refuse the comparison of Islamic State to Hamas, even. If some of the countries, the Arab countries, are not getting along with Hamas. But the comparison here is rejected, especially because this is a resistance group. We call Hamas a resistance group because they fight for the civilians of Gaza. That's how we see it. Even now, all the Arab people who were against Hamas, now they are revolving around them. Who do you think did that? I think the Israeli Prime Minister did that. He enforced Iran and Hamas in the region. It doesn't have to be the fault of civilians today. It doesn't have to fall on the expense of 4,000 little kids. It doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to see the scenery, okay? If Israel has more... Uh, 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 aspiration in expanding in the region that's also rejected. Evacuating the people from a land, a territory that is theirs already, but under the uh, colonization of Israel. So that should be respected because there is international law in that part to protect civilians and to protect Israel's right Mm -hmm. and to protect the neighbor's right. But Israel first has to draw its borders in order not to face this kind of conflicts again in the region. This region doesn't need... Israel should have focused on the Iranian actions in the region and try to, uh, like, uh, protect itself. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, Michael, uh, complicating this even further is the fact that there's more than 200 Israeli captives being held by Hamas somewhere uh, in Gaza. I mean, do you think that that... Uh, th- that's a priority for Israel? I know a lot of family members of those being held uh, are outraged that uh, not more has been done.
1: This is a priority for Israel, but it only emphasises the complexity of the situation. I said uh, yet day before yesterday in a different interview that uh, the families of the hostages should do their job to exert as much pressure as possible over the government. And the government should do its job in order to release them. Still, for our discussion, it complicates very much, you know, the operation in Gaza. How do you deal with the, your duty to release them and to uh, dismantle Hamas? I want, but uh, please, to uh, comment uh, on General Petraeus, let's say, comment that you brought. Yes. I think that Israel made clear that it does not want to reoccupy the whole Gaza Strip. Israel did not say that it is having, let's say, full ground operation. It did not say so. In my opinion, it means that this process, which will be, let's say, long, I have no (coughs) idea how long it takes, will be re-examined by the developments on the ground. And one more point, the aim, or let's say, what Israel is trying to do is to exert pressure as much as possible over Hamas, by distinguishing it from the Palestinian people in Gaza Strip. Are we successful doing it? No, not not fully successful. I'm aware of the so many civilian casualties, let's say, in Gaza Strip, let's say, in Gaza Strip. But but basically, this is Israeli policy. Now, I am fully aware and fully understandable, let's say, to the pro-Palestinian solidarity feeling all over the region. But please don't make mistakes. Just a final statement. Uh, There is a distinction between solidarity with the Palestinian people and, let's say, against Hamas. Yes. uh, 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 Yes.
0: Sorry. Uh, Understood. Uh, Shishank, as we saw on October the 7th, uh, Israel's military and intelligence uh, had a massive failure. Some said that they were even embarrassed by how easy it was for Hamas uh, to go across the border. Do you think that Israel's army has been overestimated? And on the other side of that, do you think that a ground offensive uh, actually plays into Hamas's hands? Because obviously it doesn't have tanks or any uh, warplanes, but it can fight street to street, building to building, tunnel to tunnel.
3: Yes. But first of all, I think that all all countries are at risk of intelligence failures. It does happen to all countries. It happened to the United States on 9-11. Uh, it has happened to European countries with terrorism in the last, last five to 10 years. Um, even Ukraine itself was surprised by the Russian attack having discounted American intelligence. Um, but it is ne- nevertheless the case that the Israel Defense Forces remain the most technologically sophisticated and well-trained armed force in the Middle East. You may like them, you may despise them, but that's, that's a professional assessment about their proficiency on the ground. But nonetheless, I think you're absolutely right to say that certain types of invasions can play into the hands of Hamas. Um, The aim of terrorism, and notwithstanding my colleagues' uh, reference to Hamas as a resistance group, the aim of terrorism is the strategic use of violence. It is sometimes designed to provoke a response that can worsen conditions for civilians in an area by dragging an army in uh, and by uh, creating political conditions that favor the terrorist organization. That is what we saw from Al-Qaeda, it's Mm -hmm. what we have seen from other groups, and it could be what we see from Hamas. So while my view is uh, no armed force in the world could stand by after the kind of massacre that we saw on October 7th, and it is entirely understandable that Israel needs to weaken and degrade Hamas so that it cannot repeat that kind of massacre, If it were to be sucked into Gaza in an open ended occupation, I think that the risk, as we have seen in some previous Israeli conflicts like that in Lebanon in the 1980s, is that it creates political conditions that may perversely favor Hamas. Mm -hmm. And I think no Israeli official would really seek that.
0: No, indeed. Uh, Sarah, there's also a, a risk of this spreading beyond Gaza and Israel, isn't there? Because there's been a lot of talk about contagion, about this being bre- breaking out into a wider war, Iran, Hezbollah, and uh, now potentially Yemen getting more and more involved. How big a concern is that?
2: That's what nobody wants. That's what no country or a state in this region of the world helps for but that's it's 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 really weird how uh, the west sees things or israel's part and our part We see that there is a lot of injustice here. Gaza was under siege. And then there is some political dispute in Israel. And then all of this revenge comes out on the Gaza people just after Hamas operation against uh, 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 the Israeli government, which was an operation that is not equal to such huge invasion and no one wants it to be a regional war taking more of of our resources more of people's lives no one wants that but that that fear might come if it continues like that because i hmm. no one can know if hezbollah will when would they get involved and we kind of know that they kind of eager for it okay so let's help build peace and not drag this region down to 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 more fire and bring fire. i don't know what what are we waiting for more involvement from other countries and 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 uh, to save who to save the israeli prime minister To save who? On the expense Mm. of people? Mm. Um, It it doesn't make any sense. On the expense of of, of human lives. So Israel as a state, as people, that we do respect people and humankind everywhere, should get done with that and with their government. And I say that.
0: Yeah, Okay, Uh, Michael, just after all the fighting has finished... Does Israel actually have a plan for what happens next? Does it want to occupy Gaza? Does it want to try and displace the millions of people that will still be occupying that land?
1: Well, I think just I think to, to, to put it uh, as clear as, as possible, let's say this is not an invasion, this is a military operation. And as I said before... This, mm, the, the but what and, happens the,
0: next? What happens after the invasion? Yes,
1: yes, yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, I think if it is successful enough, let's say, then it should be possible to topple Hamas authority and to replace it with the legitimate address of the Palestinian people. Clearly, it will need a a transitional period. Clearly, it will need regional and international, let's say, involvement. Uh, So, uh, and hopefully, we can we can we can reach this point. But I want to uh, mention one more. A, a word about the lack of peace process. The, uh, Israel understands now tragically, okay, that uh, lack of peace process, lack, lack of political, uh, uh, let's say, momentum, is a critical mistake. Nowadays we have an emergency government. I don't know what happens after uh, the war. Or uh, mm-hmm. usually in Israel there are elections. Most probably it will bring for political change, but. The, the, the message that Israel got that that lack of political momentum, lack of peace process is not healthy, to put it this way, to the region, to the Palestinian question and to Israel. And we should bring it as, so, as soon as possible, let's say, to the uh, equation, not being naive, but in order to show what is the alternative.
0: Mm. Shashank, can you just give us an idea of what you think is going to happen once the fighting is all over and done with? How big a mess uh, is there going to be left in Gaza? And and do you think that Israel and other leaders in the region actually has a plan to deal with whatever is left behind?
3: Right. Well, I mean, first of all, there's going to be profound destruction. We've My colleagues at The Economist have looked at satellite images, and we estimate that around 10% of Gaza's housing stock, residential housing stock, has been destroyed. And we estimate that about 280,000 people will be missing homes. So there is a huge reconstruction challenge, irrespective of whatever happens next. But in addition to that, there is a post-war governance challenge, which is to say that either Hamas is weakened but not destroyed, in which case uh, it will still be present, or it will be destroyed and there will have to be some kind of alternative arrangement, either uh, that is the Palestinian Authority running the place, uh, a coalition of Arab and Gulf countries providing some kind of assistance, or anarchy. Uh, a circumstance in which Hamas or even more violent extreme splinter movements may find the latitude to establish themselves and conduct further attacks mm. on Israel. So mm. a great deal depends on how the war ends. You know, if it ends like the other conflicts have ended with a ceasefire, yeah. a deal, uh, and Hamas has been chastened but is still okay. present... We we may go back to normal, but otherwise we may face a more disordered situation that is uh, uh, characterized by a severe lack of governance.
0: Mm. Sarah, we've only got about a minute or so left. Uh, Just picking up on on that point, do you think that you can ever truly get rid of Hamas? I mean, surely there's a scenario that it could potentially come back even stronger, even more radicalized.
2: The scenario is on the Israeli table to to take Hamas as the scapegoat as an exit of this war. But unfortunately, that will make it a very long war. It's very hard, I think. Uh, Weakened Hamas. Who, Who brought Hamas to power in 2005? So I think there should be drawing of borders first for this war to end, for sustainable peace in the region and for sustainable security, drawing borders for both Israel and Palestine.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. We really do uh, appreciate all of your time and your insights uh, from all of you. Michael Harari, Sarah Kira, and Shashank Joshi, thank you so much uh, for joining us. This episode was produced by Mohamed El Aishi, Sarah Gill, Fongi Nguyen, Leanne Helny and Paul Taylor. Studio sound was by Fadzil Yahya. The programme was edited by Vishnu Sheila, Zainabada and Joda DeFries. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you very much for listening. Tune in on Wednesday for our next episode.
2: Coming up on The Take... How the Israeli government's handling of the hostage situation could spell more trouble for Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. That's The Take by Al Jazeera. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.